Hi everyone, welcome back to Salt and Burn This. My name is Whoa. <laughs> Alright then. It wasn't wasn't a motorcycle. Hi everyone, welcome back to Salt and Burn This. My name is Sammy. I'm Valerie. And welcome back to our uh, Supernatural Rewatch podcast. Welcome back. Closing in <sighs> the night on the end of season three. Oh my god, I know. Oh, wild. It's like really like uh What's the phrase I'm going to say? Ramping up Ramping to the up? C- conclusion. Y'all, the the other night I was telling my uh, my my assistant stage managers a story about when I <laughs> um, accidentally punctured my hand with a knife while trying to open up like a mascara for my mother. Like it, the knife slipped and I and I literally went through like the webbing. Oh my god! My, and. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad, but, you know, should be okay. Well, just now, um, <laughs> I was cutting a lime for my drink, but all, my, all the knives in this house are super, super dull. So the one that yeah. I grabbed was like a serrated mm-hmm. knife, and I slipped. And so I cut my finger, but not only did I cut it with a knife, I cut it with a serrated knife yeah while cutting a lime so it immediately (laughs) poured lime juice into the cut and it's like this like dotted dash line of cut across my finger because it was so (laughs) and i was like son of i was like oh where are the you know asms now so i can show them yet another like yeah bloody you need to stop like telling stories about when you hurt yourself, because I feel like then you hurt yourself in that same way. In that same manner, yeah. You're right. I should, Surely I after. should not. Or at least, well, you know, like, I'm not going to touch a knife in the next four days after I, <laughs> or next week right. after I touch the sto- tell the story. I'm going to cut my finger and pour lemon juice in it at the exact same time, or lime juice. I so guess no it's, sharps for me. it's disinfected. <laughs> Tis sterile. We'll yeah. just... <laughs> Well, at least it wasn't maggots. Oh, uh, no, no dead flesh here. <laughs> no dead flesh. But you know, I have to admit, after watching Dean eat that burger, I made myself a burger. <laughs> Good for you. Maggot talk aside, I ate that right. burger. Yeah. Good for you. Season 3, episode 15, Time is on my side. In 1816, a doctor sought the secret to eternal life by harvesting vital organs from the living. Maybe he found it. The doc is still going strong in 2008. Written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Charles Beeson. Time is on my side. Rolling Stones. (laughs) I know. But uh, Rolling Stones... Saying that one, are you? Do you need a college degree? There you go. Yes. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> so remember, I I was like that the song is it's like if you hear the song run because something bad is going to happen. It's because it was from the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. Um, and basically, anytime you heard that song, the like bad guy was oh was creeping in. Basically, like, was doing his thing. Okay. As part of the movie soundtrack or as part of, like, his, the bad guy's, like, own 
No, that it was, was his the, cue. Like he played it on the intercom, and then then no, it in. was the movie soundtrack. Oh, okay, so it was just one of those. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the Jaws music. You know, the shark. Yeah, Damn. you never saw it, but as soon as you started to hear that music, you're like, oh no. I've never seen that movie. Jaws? No, Fallen. Um, <laughs> Fallen. I have seen Jaws. So this episode has a guest star in it. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he actually becomes a recurring character. So um, don't we say who it is now or wait till he enters? But no, you can wait till he wait comes till he in. Okay. So MapQuest, uh, MapQuest moment, they're in two locations in this episode. Mm-hmm. They're in Erie, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which does exist, um, as does um, Canaan, Vermont. Uh, both are real places. I, I have no idea why they place this in Erie, Pennsylvania, other than for the namesake of Erie. <laughs> it must be. Um, yeah, so maybe they could have a motel that was called the Erie. The Erie. <laughs> the Erie. Never been to either of those particular towns at least not on purpose. I may have driven through Erie, but I don't think I've done anything or experienced yeah. anything. And I Vermont is a very long ways away. So, <laughs> and I did mean to do a Google Maps of like how long it was going to take to get from one place to the other, and I forgot. Yeah, my, phone, huh? my phone's over there. Okay, did you well, hold on? I can. Uh, holy crap! It's nine. It's like almost ten hours. <laughs> Like a whole day. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a that's a long drive. And <laughs> sorry, that's a long drive. To go well, on a on go, a quest. Yes. On a side quest. It wasn't even the main quest. It was the side. Right? I'll just hop over here real quick. <laughs> and take thing. care of this thing that's been bugging me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. So the recap. So, yes, our recap. Our then have a bunch of the same stuff. The evil sons of bitches. Um, Lilith is coming up a couple of times and that she wants to kill Sam. They're trying to find who holds the contract on Dean and killing anybody that says, no, I don't have it along the way. Right. <laughs> Bella uh, show- stole the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dean that doesn't just- want to go to hell. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're in Erie, Pennsylvania, and there's two douchey plastic surgeons leaving the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're walking out to their nice cars and like bad mouthing their clients. Yes. <laughs> you know, like the lovely people who pay your, you know, your salaries yeah. and you're bad mouthing them. You're plastic surgeons and you're like, oh, these women, they just want to stay young forever. Right. It's like, well, go fuck yourself is what yeah. I really felt like saying. Yeah. I did but not yes. feel bad about what happens later, which is when one guy is like packing up his trunk. You know, the camera's behind him, breaking a lot of twigs. You know, twigs are snapping (laughs) all over the place. He looks over his shoulder, hears a twig snap, but doesn't see anything. No, no. And then all of a sudden, a mysterious figure shows up, shoves him inside of his own trunk. Safety note here. New cars, most new cars come with a, you know, a safety release so you can never Mm. be trapped in your trunk. So. (laughs) Well, he's probably too stupid to realize that. Yeah. And if it's an older car, you can always kick out a taillight. But that was just my safety note. So for our listeners, if you're ever thrown into the trunk of a car, check for the pull or kick yeah. out a, a taillight. Yeah, that's funny. I just watched um, 
CSI sometimes comes on on this like one channel. It's like the Mystery Channel, um, mm-hmm. and it was the episode where one of them gets you know kidnapped and thrown inside of her own trunk, and she kind oh. of she does like they show her like like oh I know how to undo the zip tie on the back of my hands and uh-huh. you know how to open up the trunk to look outside. Oh, the car is going too fast. I can't do anything there. And then from the inside, she takes out something that was kind of hard to tell like what the fuck she was doing there but <laughs> so yeah it's just like oh see you can't escape your trunk you can't escape you know or just get That's a hatchback true. and then you won't have to worry about that so anyway yeah. time lapse so- <laughs> he shows up into a bleeding into an er with a very just you know a casual nurse just being like oh don't worry i've seen it all uh, as he's bleeding, like yeah, from he's his like hands. he's like step, he's like stepping, staggering into this like emergency room, mm-hmm. bleeding, and she's like, "Oh, let me see, it's okay, it's nothing I haven't seen before." And he's like, "No, no, no!" And she takes his hands away from his stomach to like look at his wound, and like his inner just go <laughs> and spill out onto <laughs> and the floor. You just hear him just like plop, plop, plop onto the floor, <laughs> and then she is not so casual. That's obviously not something There's that she has seen before a lot of screaming and i literally wrote guess this wasn't something she had seen because <laughs> she screamed a lot title splash so now the boys are in the middle of an interrogation slash exorcism of a demon they're doing a whole lot of holy water torture and that they're throwing it into this demon's face mm-hmm. trying to get the information out of him of who, who holds, holds dean's con- contract yeah the demon's playing it tough, you know, he's being all mouthy and flipping and, oh, you know, I got it from your mama when I bent mm-hmm. her over in, in hell. And, but, uh, and he says, you can do whatever you want to me, you know, splash more holy water on me. The only thing I'm scared of is the demon who holds your contract. That's yeah. me. That, that's, I fear that what, what would happen to me if I said anything, I fear that more than I fear you. Yeah. So Sam starts the exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> Dean truly is upset that he's not getting the answers he was looking for. Yeah. So the next thing we see is Sam's on the phone. He's in disguise on the phone. So he's talking to somebody um, about the dead guy. Yeah, as if, he, as if he were a detective and he's asking about some fingerprints. Um, Dean comes in. He had just gotten finished burying the body that the demon was in because right. these demons apparently just ride out bodies for the fun of them. Okay, so Sam okay. is referencing a case from the paper he saw yesterday, which is the one that we just saw. The body apparently had fingerprints from a guy who died in 1981. Yeah. So zombies? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Dean's like inky. they say excitedly. <laughs> yeah, Dean's like so zombies. Uh, I'm like Dean's interested, but he's still suspicious of Sam's motives because he's kind of like, what? This is kind of a you've been all about helping me find, you know, my deal breaker. Yeah, and now suddenly you're like ready for zombie action. Yeah, all right. yeah, okay. I mean, obviously, I want to go hunt some zombies, but yeah, because that'd be fun. Yep. So the next thing we see is uh, Dean and Sam are at the morgue. They're disguised as cops. Um, I love this medical examiner guy. Yes. He's just another one of those guys who's just like overworked and just doesn't give a shit anymore. No. <laughs> he's like, so you're cops, huh? And you're morons. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're very smart. Because they <laughs> asked him whether or not uh, they're like, so tell me about the like, his intestines being ripped out or his liver being ripped out. And the, well, they ask if there were any teeth marks, 
you know, where the liver was removed. Right. And that's when he just, like, looks at them like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you know, show me your badges again. Yeah, yeah, you obviously <laughs> didn't read my report because as he pulls the body out, the liver was surgically removed. You can see removed. a very, like, nice slice across <laughs> yeah. the, the part of the body where the liver is. And, uh, and they're like, <laughs> uh. And the guy says, are we done? And Sam, Sam and Dean are like, yeah. Yeah, we're so. done. He's like, please go away. <laughs> and they're like, you got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you got us on this one. And they, I was like, that was perfect. I love those. Yep. I love like the cops who are just like, get out of my office. You yes. Know? yes. Or like this guy. We can like, see right through you. Yeah. Just go. We know who you are. Just go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a walk and talk of Sam and Dean walking down the, uh, the hallway of the hospital. It's clearly it's not zombies. It's organ theft. Yeah. You know, so we need to go find some survivors and talk to them. And I'm like, Sam is so enthusiastic about this. Yeah. There's like a very obvious kind of smirk on his face. Yeah. This whole, He's, from the minute he mentions like, oh, there's these fingerprints that are suspicious. Hee hee hee. Let's go yeah. find something. Hee hee hee. Hee hee hee. And now he's like, it's not zombies. Oh my goodness. It's going to be something yeah. else. Yeah. So a note about the, um, the like, urban myth the urban legend of like organ snatchers yeah because like we've all heard the story of people who like say they woke up in a bathtub of ice with a note that says we've removed your liver you need to call call an ambulance or whatever Mm -hmm. not your liver your your kidneys well for the most part that is like 99 percent urban myth that hasn't happened there was one guy who purposely like said that happened to him and he he sold his kidney and was mad that he didn't get as much money as he thought he should have gotten yeah. on the black market for his kidney. So that's how that one started. Um, and for the most part, what the uh, professionals say is if someone, if something is, if someone's going to have their organs stolen from them in a circumstance like that, chances are it's going to happen in a hospital or in a facility. Um, so done nefariously, but within the structure of um, a hospital just because you can't just cut out someone's kidney and stitch them up and stick them in a bathtub of ice. It just doesn't work that way. Well, that makes me feel better about being in a hospital. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they, <laughs> did, they did list that a couple of countries are listed for having suspiciously high numbers of donor organs. Oh, God. Compared to people who are on their donor registry. Oh, dear. So that's why they think that if that ever does, if you've ever, if people are reporting that their organs have been stolen, it's happened within the setting of a hospital, a hospital or a clinic. Yeah. And oh, not God. just like drugged in a, you know, a hotel in Vegas. So there you go. Happy that's like, thoughts. That is far more disturbing than the bathtub full of ice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which... The next person that they speak to says, happened to him. He has uh, a zero patience for Sam and Dean's questioning, even as cops or detectives, whatever they are, you know, masquerading as at this point. He just is like, I just got my kidney stolen. What do I remember? I remember waking up in the hospital with my kidney stolen. Oh, right. Um, did it hurt when I got my kidney stolen? Yeah, yes. yeah, it did. Yeah. Is is me telling you how this happened going to get my kidney back? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, good point. I wrote down. Yeah. He's like, well, finding the guy to help me get my kidney back. I was like, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Motel. You know, I didn't notice anything about this motel this time. Like nothing stood out to me. No, I noticed the wallpaper in another scene later. It's kind of like this pale coral, maybe like hibiscus type of flower, but like a big, mm. like big flower pattern big all over the wall. Yeah, it just I didn't know, stand just like out to me. Seventies tropical ish. Yeah. Okay, so Sam is doing the research. Dean is eating a sandwich, eating or a burger. burger. Um, <laughs> In Sam's research, he found out that he called him Mr. Giggles. I assume that was the the, the happy the happy kidney. <laughs> Is guy. it going to get my kidney back, guy? Yes. Yeah. His sutures were done with silk, and the last time that happened was in the early 19th century. Um, yep. So kind of weird that, that happened. Um, also, that silk sutures cause a lot of problems. As far as healing, so the doctors would use things like maggots to put on the the um, incision the site to area. yeah to yeah. eat away the dead skin or the bad skin dead, the dead flesh because maggots leave the good flesh they don't they don't eat good stuff they just eat the bad stuff which still doesn't keep Dean from eating his burger by the way right still eating he does say hello I'm eating but yeah. he still. <laughs> Still continues to yes. to eat, and so it turns out though that they that this sounds familiar. You know, the idea of using maggots uh, to to clean flesh wounds and stuff sounds like something that they've heard before, and it's because Dad told them stories of this, and they and like Sam opens up Dad's journal and he's like, "There was specifically Dad told us a story about this Doctor Benton." who mm-hmm. lived in New Hampshire in the 1800s, who was, like, obsessed with alchemy, which I guess in general terms is, like, how to live forever. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of things associated with alchemy, like other things, but it's, like, the perfection, like, how to perfect the human body, um, yeah. which would in turn make it it's immortal. It's a particular, particular branch of, of, I guess you could call it, like, magic. <laughs> mm. Like po- like I always as- associate it with potions. I don't know if that's um true well, or not, but I I always thought it had something to do with gold, like turning things into gold. Mm. That's what I thought alchemy was. And I've got this I looked up this little snippet and it says alchemists attempted to purify, mature and perfect certain materials. Common aims were this weird I won't this word uh I'll just not even try to say it. The transmutation of base metals, i.e. lead, into noble metals, into gold. So turning, mm-hmm. like, lead mm-hmm. into gold. That's what I remember reading about as a kid. Yeah. Um, but then it says, the creation of an elixir of immortality, the creation of panaceas able to cure any disease, the perfection of the human body and soul, which thought to be the result of alchemy. So uh, I guess if you want to generalize it, immortality is one of their goals through magic. Sure. Sure. That could be a branch of alchemy. Um, I know that there's a a sort of a character. He's more mentioned than he is. I don't think he's ever shown. In Harry Potter, they speak of an alchemist who has found, like, the way to live forever. But there's always Uh, a price. There's always a price when it comes to immortality. It's in the first one, if you've seen the first movie. The Sorcerer's Stone, that is, like, what they're referencing to is, like, that stone is a part of the is part of the, the, the formula or the process in which you can live forever. 
I think they also reference alchemy or use it in <laughs> the video game World of Warcraft, which I used to play uh, oh. back in the day. I think that could be one of your characters' like professions or something. Because you could be oh, a class, so you could be a warrior, or you could be a mage, or you could be a, um, oh. a, a druid. But then a you magician. can have little side side things. Like you can be a mm-hmm. leather worker or you can be a, and I think you could be an alchemist. I might be making that up, but it's <laughs> it's kind of sparking some like long distant memories from my youth. Like, oh yeah, I uh, remember doing stuff like that. That um, Rumpelstiltskin, so that's, that was the other thing I was thinking of. Because he turns straw into gold, right? He spins it, yeah. Anyway... Um, so he is an alchemist and obsessed with living forever. And at some point in 1816, he just abandoned his doctoral practice. But then 20 years later, people just started showing up either missing or dead or missing body parts. So, um, I guess he found the way, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He would, he would take body parts from people as his wore out. Yeah. So yeah. my question is, though, about this particular, the idea of what this guy was doing, which is, I understand, you know, things start to wear out, you replace it, you know, mm-hmm. like a car. Why didn't he just, like, replace the whole body, like, his whole body? Why didn't he just, like, replace, like, what was the one thing about his body that had to remain the same in order for him to have this immortality? And if that's the case, why not just take, like, a super awesome, you know, healthy body and instead of like replacing it part by part by part, unless that was part of the alchemy, it could be part to. of the alchemy. But wouldn't that be kind of hard to do, like replacing yourself? Because he does it physically, like he's surgically removing these things, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't. You'd have to like, I guess, put your brain inside of a whole body, and I don't know if if that could be possible. Because you know, you could I, you could cut yourself open. You know, uh-huh. to then take your brain out and then. <laughs> but I mean, that's my question <laughs> because it says later that dad, John thought he killed this guy by cutting out his heart. Yeah. So clearly that didn't work because he was able to then find another heart. So his body existed without a heart. So I don't know, Valerie. I'm not an alchemist. I can't answer this question Damn for it, you. Sammy. All right. Well, that was just my question. <laughs> Uh, it's just my question uh, is why not just replace the whole body? But turns out John had hunted him, thought he killed him by cutting out his heart. But that that was a failure on John's part. But John yeah. didn't know that. Apparently, he, they tell this story in one of the comic books, and <gasps> it's called uh, a prequel series. But it's called Supernatural Origins, and this one, like John's encounter with this guy, it occurs in the fourth issue of the first like release oh okay which i haven't read but i would like to now and now you've got me intrigued yeah dean still eating by the way with all this talk still about eating yes because it just gets still. worse and worse and worse because he's like oh the guy the doctor likes to live near bodies of water because that's where he dumps <laughs> all of the gross liquids from body parts <laughs> I love and it, dean says, pushes through he's just like you know he's like Oh, baby, okay. I can't stay mad at you. Take yeah. a big chomp out of his burger. And, you know, I'm kind of the same way. It doesn't, I'm not easily grossed out when it comes to eating. Because if it, like, it smells good and it tastes good, I'm going to eat. Um, <laughs> so I kind of get where Dean's coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. Okay, cut to later that night. 
Yeah. A nighttime runner. (laughs) Another nighttime runner. Doing like all the nighttime runner things, you know, checking their pulse on their little electronic heart meter that they have on their wrist, which I'm sure was newfangled at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, their Fitbit. Um, He's like checking his breathing and, you know, not just a jogger. This guy was running. So he was tip top shape, I guess. And while he's doing his like end of run routine, he gets grabbed from behind. And he wakes up strapped to like an old timey surgery table. It's lit by, you know, old school lanterns, just surrounded by old timey (laughs) tools and jars and maggots. A jar of maggots. (laughs) (laughs) And we can hear his heart monitor like beeping slightly faster and they show it to us. And it's it's definitely not his resting heart rate. Yeah, (laughs) It's definitely above his resting heart rate. We see surgical tools, but he's clearly not in a sterile hospital. No, no. No. And I mean, and granted, he's also got his head strapped down to the table. Yeah. And then uh, old Patches arrives. That's what I called him at first. (laughs) You only see, I mean, he's got a mask on. Good for him. Um, And an apron. And then that's about it, you know, as far as uh, uh, personal protective equipment. Um, (laughs) Ah! Yeah, but he's got like facial scars. He's got a milky eye. Mm-hmm. The surgical mask he's wearing looks to be dirty. And I'm like, why are you even wearing a mask? <laughs> Knowing what you're about to do, why are you even wearing a mask? Well, in 1816, you know, that was considered safe, you know. <laughs> they didn't well, shower but, very much back then. So, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm gonna, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll keep you safe while I gut you. <laughs> well, and he proceeds to slice this guy open, no yeah. anesthesia. Not only does he slice him open from like, you know, just stirred him down to his belly button, but uses a rib spreader on yeah. him. Yeah, it's the noises of the ribs cracking the that, that got me. Yeah. yeah. And this guy is still awake watching this, feeling this. Uh-huh. And Dr. Patches reaches into this guy's chest and pulls out his still beating heart, shows it to him. You know, and then like his little wrist heart monitor was like beep, 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 you know, and flat lines. Like, wow, that's a really good heart monitor. Yeah. But so the guy dies after being shown his own beating heart being torn from his chest. The guy dies. And I go back to the question of why wear a mask if you're just going to rip the guy's heart out of his chest Anyway. Maybe, it's for, maybe it's for him. Maybe he's like, I don't want to breathe in any of this body fumes maybe. or whatever the f- fuck comes out of your chest when you rip it open. All right. I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll go with that. But I uh, I thought this was pretty cool, the effect of the heart and the, the, the open chest. That was pretty cool because they didn't overdo it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was very simple and rustic, mm-hmm. slightly brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I love you call him patches. I don't know if we really explained it though. I mean, he's got scars on his face, but the skin where the scars connect is not the same like color. There's like different yeah. color skin. So mm-hmm. his skin is clearly <laughs> his face is put together from different people's skin. Yes. Um, so I think it's like, uh, like, like, uh, like cheaper, cheapers creepers. Is that the movie that, yeah. that oh, the monster yeah. does that in? Yeah. So the next thing we see is Sam and Dean, they're checking out a map of like hunting cabins. Like where would this guy's cabin be? You know, we need something that's going to be near water and, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Dean's phone rings and it's Bobby. And he's got a lead on Bella from an old 
air quotes friend um, <laughs> who <laughs> who did say that he had a British woman asking about some items. She used an alias that Dean has heard before. And uh, he's in, how do you say it? Canon? Canaan? Yeah, they call it Canaan. Um, we always called it Canaan, but it, Can- on the show they call it Canaan. Okay. Uh, Vermont, um, but just make sure you bring a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue when you go to see him. <laughs> yeah, the guy's name is Rufus Turner. Oh, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so the, and who's uh, apparently like an ex-hunter um, or, you know, and again, air quotes on the on the ex-hunter from, from Bobby. Bobby even is like, <laughs> you know, air quote, you know, hunter back in the time. And as because it's Dean, he misunderstands what Rufus's name is. And so Bobby says, the guy's name is Rufus Turner. And Dean's like, Cleveland Steamer, which <laughs> I knew was something dirty, but I looked it up. I looked it up anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. Well, here's the don't I, Don't describe it. Okay. Don't I didn't know that it. it was a two-parter. I'm just going to say, I knew what part one was. I didn't know there was a part two to the process of an actual Cleveland Steamer. So I'm like, oh, well, I learned something new today. Good for you. Good for me. Good for me. I did not realize it was a two-part process. Yeah, just so, take a look at Urban Dictionary and you'll find out all about no, it. I'm no, not I'm good. I'm not going to I heard about it, it from Family Guy. Like it's something that, that – you know, yeah, I know exactly what episode guy. that is. Yes, <laughs> when when Peter is a prostitute in the car and just like listing off his menu items the of things, things that he, that he does. Do. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly where I got it from. Uh, I, I learned my my sexual deviancy from Family Guy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you know, Dean's like. Boom, we got it. Let's go. And Let's Sam's go. like, what are you doing? The cult is gone. She sold it months ago. You know, we got to yeah. stay here. And there's some bickering back and forth. And finally, Sam blurts out, it's like, but this could be your cure. This could be what saves you. All right. Not the cult. This- we don't know if she even has the cult anymore or if, you know, she'll be gone by the time that you get there. But here, he's got, he's learned how to live forever. Yeah, and he, if you you live forever, you can't die, which means you can't go to hell because you got to die first to go to hell. Right. So this so is my this way is of trying thing. to save you. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Dean has, is like, ah, this is what you've been after the whole time. Yes. You knew you knew it wasn't zombies. Yeah. You knew it was this doctor guy. And you knew about it because, you know, obviously you've got dad's journal. Um, now I have a quick question. Again, this doesn't have to be an actually answered question, but... Um, the, the dying and going to hell bit, I thought that like the, the demon, the, the, uh, hellhounds killed you. Yeah. That's like, kind of what I thought. And that was, that was it. It wasn't yeah. that even if you were quote immortal, I, I'm like, I don't think the, the hellhounds care. They're just going to continually tear you to shreds. You yeah. Know, uh, maybe you- Sam was just thinking, you know, like just be, you know, a, a mortal human, yeah, the hellhounds could kill pretty fast, but maybe the hellhounds could not kill you if you were immortal in this way. Yeah, that was just one of those things. Kind of like, like kind of like Wolverine, you know, like Wolverine. Yeah. He can just like, keep getting shot over and over again, and it like doesn't matter until you know the movie Logan, but um. <laughs> <laughs> or Kane. Um, so it, yeah, it was just it was just one of those like dots that didn't fully connect for me. But I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it in this moment. 
Right. Um, right. I think that it's so, like one of those, like you have to just uh, um, let it go. That that was Sam. It was, I mean, it, it's Sam's justification. That's his answer. He didn't think it all the way through. This is his, this is how he wants to see it. Yes. Yes. Um, and you're right. They do fight, but at the end, they come around to the same thing, which is we both want the same thing. We both want to yeah. break my deal, but mm-hmm. Dean wants to do it in a manner that doesn't put Sam in danger. Right. Um, Sam just wants to break the deal. Yeah. So, you know, and they both know, they both look at each other and they realize they're both going to do it their own way, no matter mm-hmm. what the other person says. Yeah. Yeah. So as Dean is leaving to go chase down this Bella lead, um, he says, Sammy, be careful. Mm-hmm. You know, and Sam says, you too. Yeah. And so it's like, that's the brothers right there. They know yeah. they're they're fighting the same battle. They're doing it different ways. They don't agree mm-hmm. with the other person. Yeah. But this kind. was, I think, I think last time you had this question of, uh, you know, it's like, why, why do they keep trying to break the deal if Sam is going to die? Um, but this kind of answered your question, I think. According to Bobby, if you kill the demon that holds the contract, it becomes null and void. So there are no more, right. including all the terms and conditions of the deal. Um, right. So that means like Sam won't die either because the contract is, right. you know, right. that party this isn't is them dead. So, out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. No one holds the contract, so therefore done. Yes. Good answer. So Dean goes to Vermont 10 hours, <laughs> um, bangs on the front door of this house, um, and there's like tons of cameras and security. But the person who answers the door, only talks to Dean through an intercom, through like this old intercom. He doesn't actually come to the door. And so Sam has, I mean, Dean has to have this like conversation yeah. with an intercom. It's also mostly like monosyllabic answers. Like, <laughs> yep, nope, 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 yep. Who are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Dean gets a little frustrated <laughs> and, does, you know, I forget what he says exactly, but um, he says something that makes... Uh, Rufus finally opened the door. Yeah. You know, and gives Dean a lesson in manners. He's like, you were the one leaning on my door and you're telling me to, you know, I forget what it, what he said. Well, he just said like, something like, look, man, I need your help. And then Rufus is like, so like I don't owe you help. anything. I said right. that I would let someone know if this girl showed up. I did it. Done. I'm not going yeah. into anybody else's business. So enter Rufus. Um, this is uh, actor Stephen Williams, and I know Stephen Williams from a number of shows. I know him from 21 Jump Street, which was, you know, the show that Peter DeLuise, who was just in the last episode, uh, he was on that show. He played Captain Fuller. Um, he was Mr. X on the X-Files. He was a character who was actually um, an advocate of, of Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. Um and then he was also on Stargate SG One. He played General <laughs> Vadrine on a on a handful of episodes. Um, he's obviously done a million other things, but those for me were the three big shows: X Files, Twenty One Jump Street, and Stargate. So, which are like my shows. I didn't check to see he if he had been on Psych, which I now I'm kicking myself. I should have. <laughs> but and he's wonderful. And oh, every yeah. he always has this edge of badassery. Mm-hmm. Um, smart, uh, like sharp, and just like the just just a, a tough guy, tough guy, yeah. smart, edgy. Yeah, you know, and I and I I like I love Stephen Williams as an actor, so I was very excited to see him as Rufus. 
Apparently he was in um, the Blues Brothers, too. Oh, my gosh. He was. Oh, we should sit and watch that together. We should. Dean whips out the sketch. He's like, ah, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and then all is good. Doors yes. open. Dean walks in. <laughs> so the next thing we see, it's obviously been some time that they've mm-hmm. been drinking this uh, this Johnny Walker Blue Label. Uh, Rufus has opened up to Dean. He gives him the, the Bella details that she wanted to buy a couple of things from him, but he needed time to go and find them, which I also think is weird. But he also mentions that he knows about Dean's deal. And then he, and he also slips in. He says, the cult won't save you. Yeah. So Dean has to sit there and be like, well, A, how do you know about my deal, for one thing? And then how do you know about the cult? You know, mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. my, you know, what my goal was here. Like, how do you know right. we needed the cult, that the cult won't save me? Right. Uh, and I wrote down, I was like, man, Rufus is a bit of a pessimist, eh? <laughs> That's exactly down. what I said. He said he's a pessimistic realist. That's what I wrote yeah. at the end of this whole exchange. <laughs> um, because he doesn't tell Dean how he knows. He just says, I know things. And you just yeah, got to take his word people, for it because he really things. does know things. <laughs> like He knows all yep. about Dean. He also knows all about Bella. He grabbed her ear print, which apparently is like usable as a, an identification as, in Yeah, because she had her fingerprints burned off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and was able to get like all these files on her. In, and, uh, in the UK, because in, in the, the UK, US, yes. they won't, they don't recognize that ear you know, the, prints yeah, are yeah, like. Yeah, that's what I said. In Britain, they yeah. use it as a, like an identification oh, okay. tool. Before Dean is like looking through these files, you know, Rufus is just, you're not going to have a happy ending because there is no happy ending for people like us. Like us. Look at me. Like this is going to be your, fu- your future. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be something hiding to. around the corner, even if you get out of this one, but you yeah. won't. Um. Right. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm what, I'm what you have to look forward to if you survive. And then he's yeah. like, but you won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn, yeah. Rufus. Yeah. So cut to Sam uh, in the woods somewhere, mm-hmm. tall grass, field, stream. He's in a rental car, which when he gets out, he takes the time to lock it. He does the beep, you know, with the, the key fob. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? You are literally in the woods in a rental car, but it's Sam. And uh, goes off. Looking, I guess, for the doctor. Um, yeah, he's found, he's like scouting some locations that, you know, he's like, I think this could be the doctor's place. And then a little bit time later, he does actually find it. It's nighttime, he's got his flashlight out, and he's stumbled across a lived in cabin with a lot of, you know, suspicious old timey <laughs> things, including right. Doc Benton. Um, I don't know if we ever said his name, but uh, Doc Benton, that's who the villain is here. His journal of alchemy. So it's got all of his notes and his potions and his formulas. It's like almost identical to John's journal, except a different leather, you know? So it's kind of a little weird uh, similarities there. Um, Sam also finds a cellar, goes down into it. uh, Finds the dead guy that we saw earlier with his heart having been ripped out. (laughs) Jars and jars a, and jars of things everywhere. Yeah. I thought that was going to be like a jump scare moment because because Sam goes over and like checks the guy's pulse. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like, a, ah, you know, maybe he's still <laughs> alive, but he's not. He clearly he's dead. No. He had his heart ripped out of his chest. <laughs> However, then in another room, he sees a woman with her uh, wrist strapped to a table 
open and bloody and covered in maggots. Covered in maggots. And checks her pulse and here's your jump scare. (laughs) This is the jump scare, which I was like, oh, it's not going to happen this time, which of course it does. So she's alive and he, uh, you know, she kind of, she goes to scream, you know, her eyes fly open. She goes Mm -hmm. to scream and Sam's able to like slap his hand over her mouth. Like, shush, 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 you know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. You know, don't scream. And to her credit, this poor woman who's being tortured doesn't scream. She's suffering. You know, yeah. she's crying and whimpering, but she's doing yeah. her best to not cry out in pain because I think she realizes Sam is trying to actually like undo her from the table. Yeah. And yeah. and rescue her. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, the doc has come home mm-hmm. um, and makes enough noise that, that Sam hears him uh, and is able to actually escape the basement with the girl before the doc like comes Comes upon them yeah yeah because he Um, hears them too he hears like noises and the girl whimpering whimpering um, yeah and then makes his way down and this is where we see doc's full face for the first time he's not wearing the mask yeah Mm -hmm. you can really see how gruesome and patched up his face is yeah yeah and not and like big scars there's nothing neat and tidy about the scars holding his face together he did not care what he looked like (laughs) kudos Kudos, kudos, kudos to the makeup department. I thought that they did a very, very, very good job with this and that it looked real and not too cheesy. Um, yep. Just gruesome enough. It doesn't look like a cop out of like Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster or anything like that. Right. Um, it looked it looked stitched. And it looked real. It, it looked real. The skin like puckered where it was pulled, you know, where it was pulled tight by the threads mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, yeah, it looked really great you're right kudos clap 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 clap, clap. yes yeah. kudos. so sam is now running through the woods with uh, said girl in his arms um stops at the car takes out his fob beep beep unlocks the car <laughs> i don't know why it was just something that stuck, stuck out to me i was like why but okay um guess the girl in the car starts the car tries to leave and then the doc runs out and is like trying to prevent uh sam from from leaving yeah uh Sam <laughs> throws the car in gear, runs the doctor down, like full on does it. He like aims. He's like, boom. Yeah. yeah. And you hear the well, crunch. Yeah. Well, we should note that the doc like punched his fist through the window, the car window, and then started slamming Sam's head against the steering wheel. The steering so wheel. doc is not only like a f- guy who can live forever, Alive. but he's super, super strong. Yeah. Yes, as Sam runs him over, gets up, gets up <laughs> and, and like, like adjusts his broken neck <laughs> yeah, yeah. back to normal. <laughs> crack, crack. All right, and so, and we see the the tail lights, you know, driving off. See the tail lights driving off, and then you also see in Doc's eyeball, the cloudy one. It's just like starts bleeding, leaking. So yeah. something, his eyeball got damaged in this car running yeah. over him. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. So. The the oh. woman who played the woman, mm-hmm. uh, her name is Kalina Kiff. She's wow. um, not an actress. She was Kim Manners' like assistant, like camera person. I think. Hold on. Well, she is an actress, but her job on this show was as an assistant to, um, to Kim, Kim Manners. Manners. And wow. she'd only been working on this show for two weeks when they threw her in this role. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was great. I was, she I was, was, I felt her panic. I felt her pain. I mean, I thought yeah. she was great. 
Yeah. And she, um, you know, those are real maggots covering her arm. I honestly don't know if I I could do it. I don't think I bet you could. I bet you could. Because, I mean, maggots, I I hate to say it, but they're given a bad. I know they are. And I know they're a very, like, unnatural, like, part of life. But they're still gross. They're still very gross. And there's a couple times where um, (laughs) I have this, like, little compost bin um, that I get maggoty taken too long to take out and you open the yep. lid and there's just a bunch of you know, squ- creepy I, crawly yeah, squirmy I things know. in there and I, i'm like <laughs> i just told you the story away. about the, yep, <laughs> the i told you the time where I, I left potatoes like i went i was gone for the summer but i left potatoes in my pantry drawer in la okay. so when i came back four months later mm. it they weren't even potatoes it was yeah. a Literally a drawer full of writhing liquid and maggots. Oof. And I, I, it took me, Burn it it took down. me two, took me two <laughs> months to even bring the drawer back inside. Well, and then for five years, I didn't use that drawer. Yeah. I kept, I, I kept it closed and I didn't use it for like five years. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, that was the worst. It was, that was actually one of the worst. You want to talk about jump scares. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I had been home and I'd noticed there had been like, there was more flies in the apartment. I was like, are they coming out of the drains? So I was like pouring hot water down the drains mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was like, there's just a lot of bugs. And I don't know what made me do it, but I went and opened that drawer and the, the scream, I, I don't, you've heard me scream once or twice. <laughs> that was like a guttural. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And the the ninja moves that I did in order to try to get the oh, drawer sure. closed again. And then you just kind of stand there like looking at it like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to open this again. And I, I really have don't to do want this. to. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then you have to psych yourself up to, to be a, yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about maggots. <laughs> okay. So back in uh, Canon, Canaan. 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 Um, <laughs> anyway, Bella shows up into her nice, bougie little hotel room. Um, and as she enters, Dean wastes no time in cornering her. He does not mince any words, even though she's like trying to do her little fertsy fertsy thing. Nope. Where is it? Uh, she says that the cult is gone. He doesn't believe her, of course. So then he just starts tearing apart the room looking for it. Makes good on his threat, you know, when she when he tells her not to move, yeah, by shooting towards, towards her when she moves. Yeah, she's like inching towards the door to sneak out, and he's like, "Blam!" and shoots a hole in the door right by her head. Yeah. And he's like, "I said, stay put." Yeah. When he doesn't find what he's looking for, he then turns his like venom on her, mm-hmm. and you know, and basically throws everything that he learned about her from that folder in her face, and accuses her of killing her parents. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, but too bad her, her parents died in this fiery car accidents, you know, or else we would have been, you know, we would have been able to tell that the brake lines have been cut, you know, and little Bella, you know, somehow manages to not only kill her parents, but, you know, uh, inherit all of their money yeah. at the same time. And she's just kind of standing there taking it. And there's this flashback. We do a flashback to Bella as a child. And all we see is this little girl who's sitting on her bed with tears running down her face. A man walks into her room, closes the door behind him, and we just see the slow turning of the knob as he, like, shuts the door. And you just kind of hear her, I 
think I I want to say I heard someone like a whimper from the girl. Yeah, I heard her. Um, so Bella was abused by her father, yeah. but she doesn't like back. We snap back to the future, back to the present time, and she doesn't tell Dean, "No, you mm-hmm. got it wrong." Yeah. She doesn't disavow him. She just lets him believe that she's a cold-blooded killer. And he yeah. calls her that. She's mm-hmm. like, you're a cold, you know, cold-blooded killer, you know? And you think that in this moment that Dean may actually just shoot her in the head. He's so mad. He's so frustrated, mm-hmm. you know? She doesn't deserve to live because not only did she sell the cult, which could have been his answer to, you know, living. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, killed her parents. So might as well just shoot her. And as he's getting ready to literally shoot her in the head, he happens to notice above her door frame that he just shot through some sort of like twigs or dried plants or something that are kind of tucked into the door frame. And uh, he's like, all right, I guess you're not worth it. I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. And then once he leaves, then Bella like uncrumples in her hand a receipt that says the Erie Hotel. So she has yet again, like, picked done some pocket. sort of, yeah, picked yep. his pocket, found out where he's staying, and then went to make a phone call. Don't know who she's talking to, and we never find this out, but she just says, yeah, my plan worked. He showed yep. up. I know where they are. Sam wasn't with him, but... But now I know where they are. Yeah. Damn it, Bella. So cut to uh, Sam and Dean um, are on a phone call. Yeah, um, so Dean's making the 10-hour drive back. Who knows at what point in this drive he is. Hopefully right. close, because uh, when he's on the phone with Sam and being like, yeah, you're right, she didn't have the cold. I also didn't have the guts to kill her, but, I mean, w- what do we do now? But Sam is excited because he found Doc's uh, journal and has been yeah. reading it, and he's like, the formula is here. And it's not black magic, it's not witchery, it's just really, really crazy science. But It's science! <laughs> if we can figure it out, then right. we got this. We can do it. And there's like this aura of hope. I think between the two of them, particularly yep. Sam, like definitely in more in Sam's Still, corner yeah, than, he's than smiling. Dean. But he's like, "This is but, science." But, it's weird, but Dean but we is kind of it. like, "Huh? Okay, maybe I could I could go for this." You know, my plan didn't work out, so might as well. But before they can finish the phone call, then someone sneaks up behind Sam. You know, covers his mouth with assumed uh, chloroform, chloroform. Red, and then that's it. So my question is: I always have questions. How did the doc find him? That's all I'm going to say. How did the doc find Sam? Next thing we see is Sam is now strapped to that wacky medieval table thing. And well, maybe his- the doctor found him by the car. Maybe he saw the... The um, the rental? <laughs> the the rental license sticker. plate. Yeah, the license plate on the car. I mean, he has lived for almost 200 years. He knows what a car is, obviously. You know, <laughs> he, tri- he drives it. <laughs> No, he's I been know. shoving people just... in their own trunks and like driving it away. Yeah, I just know I wouldn't be able to find somebody, you know, anyway. It's just a question. How do you find him? It's because he's immortal and he's a bad guy and he found him. Yeah. Um, so Sam wakes up strapped to the same table that like heart patient guy was was strapped to, except Sam has his eyes, both of them forcibly like taped, taped open open a la like yeah. clockwork <laughs> orange <laughs> yes yeah. and i literally wrote down Glah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst i'm so ooged out by eyes yeah 
And like on the table next to Sam's head is this like nasty looking eye gouger outer thing. It's like an ice um, cream scoop. Well, <laughs> like a sharp the, ice cream scoop. The the doc has that in his hand, but on the table next to Sam's head. Oh, there's head, that like knife thing. It's yeah, it's like almost like yeah. a pumpkin carving kit thing. <laughs> um and he knows who Sam is. He knows about John's journal. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, because at first I was like, how does he know who Sam is? Oh, he has John's journal. Yeah. And he read about himself in John's journal. So he's mm-hmm. kind of gleeful about this little like tiptoe through the tulips, you know, like, yeah. oh, look, somebody knows me. Someone's written about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, he says like, like, this is like a family reunion. Yeah. And then gets ready to um, scoop out. Yeah. Sam's so he like he he heats up that ice cream scoop type of thing, which I know I'm sure is like an actual like tool to I, scoop out eyeballs. Out. It um, looked like an ice cream scoop. Yeah. So he heats it up Jeez. to st- sterilize it, um, and as it's cooling down, I w- this was my justification oh. for his little mini monologue that you know he was going on and on about. <laughs> it's not too no. long, honestly. It's no, not that no, long. It's, of a it's very short. Yes. But he, you know, this is when he like mentions the journal, but he's also like. You know, this immortal life, you know, it's, I got to keep replacing these parts when they go bad, like this eyeball, you know, but don't worry, you'll, you'll probably survive this. So, you know, (laughs) let's get going. (laughs) Let's get going. And he, he doesn't just get close to Sam's eyeball. He is like, he gets in it. Mid scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And I, you know how your mind plays tricks on you? Mm Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I saw him scoop the eye. You don't. It, no, but the ball, the the ball moves. Like the eyeball moves uh, a little bit and turns like red and like starts to pop out. Uh, uh, yeah, and I was just like, no. So I thought I saw it like either start to squirt or start to scoop, and then but thankfully, like blam, blam, blam. You know, Dean shoots the doctor like three times from behind. Yeah, yeah, and of course, and so that stops the doctor from. Um, but he turns to Dean is like, shoot all you want. Yeah. And Dean's like, okay, blam, blam. Yeah. <laughs> and shoots him two more times. But the doctor, like you said, he's super strong. He's not just, you know, living forever. He was super strong and he shoves Dean like over a table and into the wall mm-hmm. and like leans down to like go in on, on Dean. And just then Dean stabs him in the heart as the doctor leans in. Yeah. Dean like yeah. stabs him with his Dean's knife. Yes. And which, I thought the oh, exact bummer. same thing that the, <laughs> yeah, I thought the exact same thing that the doctor said, which was, oh, that was a new heart. I thought I the same thing. I just put that in. <laughs> I just put that in. I was like, oh, that was that guy's new heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but but Dean, old smarty pants, yeah. he had dipped his knife in chloroform. So that means yep. his new heart is like pumping all this nice chloroformed blood, blood through his system. Yep. And the doctor's like, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Passes out. See, I thought when I first watched this, because I had just watched an episode of SVU where someone had used, I forget what it's called. It's like a pressurized, like a dive knife. I guess like scuba divers use it. Yep. Um, so where like it kind of sharks. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of like imp- can explode you from the inside. Yeah, I a, thought that's what CO2- it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's a CO2 cartridge. Yeah. That uses an anti-shark 
stabber thingy. Yeah, yes. and it makes your chest explode. Yeah, someone used it on the John Stamos in SVU. <laughs> I know that episode. Yes. I know that episode. Um, oh, so I was yeah, just like, oh, he's got one of those knives. And he's going to yeah. explode them all over the place, not realizing that, oh, there's still like 10, 15 minutes left of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we still have some work to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Dr. Guy, Dr. Patches yeah. wakes yes. up. Now he's strapped to the slab. Yes. Wakey, wakey, um, eggs and bakey. Eggs and bakey. I say okay, that all of the time. All the time. So yeah, he's strapped to his own table. Dean is threatening them to just cut him into little pieces since, you know, stabbing him in the heart is obviously not going to work. Not going to do it. Um, and the doctor immediately starts pleading. He's yeah. like, I can help you. I can read the formula. I can, I can help you live forever, you know? And Sam totally wants this. Sam's yeah. like, we got him. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. But even but Dean, Dean pauses for a little. He pauses after Doc says that. He doesn't go straight to like <laughs> slash, slash, Stabby, slash. dab, yeah. Um, he pauses, and then Sam is like, "Hey, dude, let's 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 go talk in the kitchen Close over here." Sidebar. <laughs> and you know, Sam's like, "Listen, you have three weeks left of this deal, which I don't think that we've mentioned yet, but they mention it mm-hmm. several times in this episode, or you know, fifty years, you know, until like once a body part runs out, and then we can deal with that later." Then right. Maybe but this we'll gives just... us time yes. to figure out the deal. Yeah. Yes. And so Sam is now pleading with Dean, like, let's do this. It's just, you know, a pancreas down the road. It's not, it's not that big a deal. Dean's the one who says, no, this is not living. He's a monster and he's killing people to live like a monster. Yeah. You know? And so this time it's Dean who's saying no to killing people. And, and Sam who was willing to actually turn the other way, like, turn a blind eye to the need of having to either kill someone or maim someone to help. Oh, well, 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 I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would go that far. I don't know if he was like, yeah, I'm fine with us, like killing somebody or finding an organ to replace it. I think he was more just like, you know, our organs are going to be fine for a while. Instead of just only having three weeks to figure out who holds your contract, we can have 50 years to find out who holds your contract. That's how I oh, interpreted it. I did not I, think that Sam was okay with killing somebody to get a pancreas. I kind of got the impression that he wasn't even thinking about, he wasn't thinking that far down the road, but Dean was. I think, you know, yeah, I think that Dean was just like eventually, you know, I don't know if, I don't know what happens. Like, I don't know if, if my pancreas runs out and then I just mm-hmm. die or I just like suffer with a, with a busted pancreas or kidney or what have you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, I, I I'm going to I'm gonna be... stick to my guns and I'm going to say right. Sam was not willing to kill somebody for a pancreas in 50 years. I think he was I, okay. maybe maybe get a, a donated organ. <laughs> but I think mostly he was just like, this gives us more this time us to time. figure out this problem instead of three weeks, which is sure. nothing. You know, that's right. like a blink of an eye. And we, we are nowhere near, nowhere closer to finding out who holds your contract or even how to kill a demon. Um, without the cold. So, but Dean, I thought he was kind of like back to his old ways of like black and white, human, not human. He is not human. And he is a I monster. Would, I would right. rather go to hell. Right. No, that, that I guy. definitely agree with you on. Yeah. 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 So there's, here's where I thought Dean was going to just start hacking this guy up. I thought they were going to cut up his body and like bury him in mm-hmm. different places. Like, yeah, around. I thought so too. But that's not what they do. They, they do, do something they I do think is a little worse. worse. Yeah, <laughs> a little, a little bit worse. 
easier for them, but worse, yeah. I think, in general. Yeah. They lock him in a, a fridge, I think, in like a refrigerator mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and bury him alive in this refrigerator. Yeah. Um, and so he comes to um, while they're like, he is already in the ground, but they haven't started like throwing dirt on the, the fridge mm-hmm. yet. So he wakes up to the realization that he's now locked inside a refrigerator being buried alive for eternity. And he's still pleading with them. He's like, I can, you know, I can, I can help you. I can read the, the, the recipe that, you know, that Mm -hmm, gets you mm -hmm. immortality. And when he finally, when he starts to hear the dirt being thrown on his, um, on the refrigerator, as they start to bury him, the camera kind of pulls back away from the scene. And you hear this like, no. Yeah. Of this guy who just realized that his eternity is buried in a box. In a box. Oh my God. Yeah. And I wrote down, I literally, I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. That's my worst fear. And I hate like when, again, another CSI episode where. That's the worst one ever. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. It broke my heart, but that was like the worst for me to watch Nick. It was so stressful. And and crying. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. That was his episode that he directed. Um, Yeah. I loved that episode. Oh, yeah, God, too. So but it is like one of my worst fears. And you, you just like think of a, you know, not only you're being buried alive, like the, uh, the Edgar Allan Poe story, uh, the cask of Amontadillo. I don't know mm-hmm. if I said the, the cask, right. Do you know the story I'm talking about? I don't. Oh, it's like another little twisty guy. Like this guy like leads his drunken friend. It's like a, he's a rival or something or just like a pain in the ass that he doesn't like and he's drunk <laughs> and so, like he's dressed in a, je- a jester outfit so he leads him down into the cellar it's like oh I have this amazing cask of wine that you should try and I think it's called a Montadillo or, or I, okay. I can't remember the, the name of it because he's so drunk he doesn't realize that the guy just starts chaining him up to the wall and then just starts like building a brick layer oh in front of God, him oh my god he Bricks him into the into the he cellar. He bricks him into the cellar, and this guy is still just like, "Oh, I can't wait to drink this wine." He's just like so blasted, and it's not until there's like very little space left that he realizes, like, "Oh, wait, what? What?" He's like sobers up just enough to and, see the uh, final brick get placed. He puts the torch in before he puts. <gasps> oh, before oh he puts the brick in. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. now I have to go and read that. I yeah. Can't pull, man. He's maybe sick. not tonight. Maybe maybe not right before bed. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> so yeah, they bury him alive. Sam, yeah. you can tell on his face he's upset that Dean didn't didn't take, didn't the take this offer. Um also I just want to say what a nice little banger camera shot that they do when they pull away and you just see the boys like on a hillside burying him burying in him. the middle of the woods and no one's gonna know. No Along with this formula, by the way. They yeah. put his, his Oh, they put the journal in, in with him? Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Erie, Pennsylvania at the Erie Hotel. Yes, we get a nice exterior shot of the Erie Hotel. Mm-hmm. And we see some heeled, you know, high-heeled footsteps, <laughs> like, making their way down the hall. Oh. It's Bella. She picks the lock to room 15. Mm-hmm. Um, which, is that the 15th. second time that they've done that? Yeah. Didn't, didn't they do it, like, room 12 for the 12th episode or something? Yep. Yep. Um silently makes her way in, pulls out a silencer gun, and then blasts two shots each in the Into two beds bed. that are there. Yeah. Which are clearly not bodies. 
(laughs) (laughs) Not real people sleeping in those beds. But as she pulls back the covers to hopefully see the corpses of Sam and Dean, they've obviously known that she was coming and replaced themselves with sex dolls, which is very fitting for for Dean to do. (laughs) So she pulls back the covers on these like deflating dolls with the sound Mm that she's just blown, blown away two sex dolls. The boys call her kind of in the same way that she called them when uh, when she uh, entrapped them with the cops. Yes, yes. So they're on the road. They're long gone. Yes, yes. they finally, finally got the upper hand the on upper Bella hand. because Dean, A, is like, I felt your hand in my pocket and realized that you fished out my receipt. I also saw that herb that was above your door, which is a mm-hmm. devil's shoestring, which is used to keep hellhounds at bay. Like, so what then, have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, then it, it clicked for him that oh, your parents were dead ten years ago today. So yeah. you made you a didn't deal. Do it. You made a deal. Yep. Flashback mm-hmm. to two children sitting on swings. One of them is the young Bella, and one of them is a demon child, <laughs> which <laughs> is just very calmly saying, "I can make this all go away for you for nothing. You won't have to owe anything." For 10 years. Clearly, Bella, as a child, took that deal, which I can't blame her. But she then explains to Sam and Dean that they changed the deal. They said that if she killed Sam, that they would release her from. Yes, that's also first why she stole the cult, because first it was. Um, steal the cult. Steal the cult, and we'll break off the deal. And then it became kill Sam. And we'll break. And we'll break the deal. Yeah, and Dean's like, "Oh, what do you know? Demons, yeah. didn't, you know, demons <laughs> lied. lied to you. Shocker." And Dean finally says what we've been saying in every single episode, which is, <laughs> "If you had come to us, we would have helped you. If only you had come to us, we would have helped you." But in every single episode, she screws them, and not only that, but she like intentionally winds them up for failure. And even in, in, in Bella's state, I mean, she's clearly at her, literally at her wit's end. She, she has no other routes. She's been screwed yeah. by the demon. She didn't, she didn't uh, succeed. And she tells Dean, she's like, because he's like, why are you telling me all this? And she says, because my demon is the demon that also holds your deal. It's the same demon that holds everybody's deals. And it's Lilith. Mm. Lilith is the keeper of the deals. And she says, because you're the son of a bitch who could probably kill her. Yeah. You're the one who could probably get this done. And Dean ends the phone call with, you know, see you in hell. You know, there's nothing they can do for her. Yeah. It's two minutes to midnight. Hang up. Hangs up. She puts away the phone. Clock strikes midnight. And you can hear immediately dogs howling in the background. And she stands up and just kind of looks at the window. And it blocks out right as you hear, like, like snarling, snarling, like, jaws. snapping. Yep. Yep. Rawr. Blackout. Bye-bye, Bella. Bye, Bella. But she faced it head on, you know, yeah. in typical Bella fashion. She didn't try to run from it this time. I just feel like also saying to anybody who's trying to hold, like, hellhounds at bay, nothing works. <laughs> 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 I mean, the goofer dust, maybe warded them off for a while from that mm-hmm. one guy the painter guy yeah um but i don't know for how long and i don't know if that other herb, if the herb would have worked either 
Because I assume, I assume she didn't take it with her because she was probably like, no, I got this. Sam's there. I'm going to yeah. kill him. And then that's that. Right. So who knows? I assume I didn't know that that's how Bella died. I didn't, oh. I didn't remember that at all. I don't remember that being the end of Bella. So I did. I, I forgot when it happened. But well, when I saw some of the promo pictures on the DVD box, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, first off, I want to say this for me was probably the scariest episode I've seen yet. Um, just because of a, all the jump scares that happen, kind of just like the putting yourself in the mental place of having surgery done on you while you're still conscious awake. and yeah. <laughs> awake. Uh, the close-ups and the visuals of, of the heart being ripped out of the chest and particularly the eyeball one. That, that one got me. The eyeball one got me. And then uh, and then being buried alive. So for me, this was it was more like psychologically scary, I guess, than it yeah. was um, jumpy, scary, scary. scary. Yeah. Although it did have some good jump scare. It did it. have some. It had some well-deserved jump scares. Yeah. No, I, I really liked this episode. And, and again, the ending shocked me. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. There's there's a lot about these earlier seasons that I have long forgotten. Yeah. Because also they don't play them in rotation much. They play the later ones. Like they play the later ones and I also think sometimes they skip a handful. Like sometimes mm -hmm. like they'll do like one, two, five, six, eight, nine, you know. They do that with friends a lot too. They don't play every episode of Friends. But anyway. Yeah, I forgot that like Rufus showed up at this point. I remember yeah, Rufus I being around because he does come back often, but yeah. I forgot that it was because of, of Bella, Bella and all of this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just thought he was introduced as a a foil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yet another so, brand of Hunter, know. you know, that's know. out there. So I feel, I know that you hate Bella. I feel like she got like such a huge shaft. <laughs> Like from the get go, um, they they chose to kill her off because they didn't quite know what to do with her. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a we kind of made the mistake of her being a little bit too cocky with the boys, and she shot shot Sam, and you know people didn't like that. Um, but then it was just like, how do we keep bringing her into the story? Because again, this was a request from the network: was right. you need two lead females. You have Ruby, give us another one, mm -hmm. and. You know, because of all of the other stress going on of the, the strike that was probably going to happen and Eric having a baby, you know, everyone was just kind of like, we didn't quite know what to do with Bella. So we just got to kill her off. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like she had a lot of potential and I don't think that she was given the attention that she could have had. And I think that she could have been redeemed because they kind of do that with some of the male characters that show up later, you know, there's recurring male characters that keep getting in the way, you know, right. of the boys and being a foil for the boys in that they get a redemption story right. um, and become kind of an ally. Uh, maybe the writers and stuff didn't quite hit that groove yet, obviously, but I feel kind of bummed that I this yeah, was she her end. And that she, you know, this whole, you know, I 
I killed my parents because they were abusing me. She right. never got to like vocalize that and put that out she, into the world. It was just right. for so the nobody, audience to see, but no one else knows no that else. it was out of self-defense. And this is a huge reason of why she is the way that she is. Right. So, Which you're right. I mean, I wish that she actually did get to, or that this comes out as a yeah. redemption of her yeah. because it does uh, show you why she leads the life that she leads. Mm-hmm. Um and they in the uh, boat ship one uh, something mm-hmm. by dawn or two by dawn or whatever. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they obviously nod towards something having happened to her in her yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I wanted to hear the story, and I wanted the yeah. boys to hear the story. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, she doesn't get to tell it. Um, they don't get to learn it, and so she's literally in their rearview mirror now. There, right. There's nothing. It's that like, she, oh, this cold-blooded killer, you know, just. Yep. She lost us the cult, and now she's dead. Yep. Who cares? So at least and we she's. Didn't have to I kill don't her. think she's literally ever mentioned ever again <laughs> in the universe of supernatural. Right. And maybe this no. was just like the writers being. They had like a. Oh, we hate this character because we don't know what to do with her. We're so frustrated well, and they, with her. And she was f- forced upon them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it so was. Maybe it's a bummer just because I love Lauren Cohen so much. Yeah. You know, if it had been an actress I didn't really care about or like or, you know, if it was someone who did a bad job with it, then. Right. But, I don't know, I, I really like her. So it was a bummer yeah, to I, see her go. I just, the, the thing I didn't like about her was the way she was written. Um, yeah. You know, the fact, the fact that for no reason she was antagonistic towards the heroes. And effectively so, like got mm-hmm. in their way, yeah. messed up their plans. Um, and I was like, why? Why would somebody do that? And that's what made me angry about that character. I, I loved the, I don't want to call it sexual tension, but the the, the play between yeah. all three of them. Yeah. I love that because you knew it was never going to happen, but they're like, well, could it happen? Should it have, yeah. you know, there was, it was just mm-hmm. that edge. And I like yeah. that because it was fun and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun to see the boys trip over themselves yes. in that manner. Yeah. You know, that they were, that they were unsure of themselves around her. Mm-hmm. Um, even whether it was the dreams or whether it was, you know, in a tuxedo. Yeah. It, you know, I liked that. So I did mm-hmm. like her. I, I mean, I, I love that actress. I absolutely love her. I just don't like what they did with the character. Yeah. And I didn't like the fact that she was just constantly in the way of the heroes. Yeah, yeah. She felt it was kind of lazily done, I guess, is my complaint with her. Yeah. Could have done something really cool with the supernatural cat burglar, you know? <laughs> right? And instead it was just she's always like, oh, no, I tricked you again. Oh, no, I tricked you again. Oh, no, I tricked you again. Naked in money, yeah. Yes, but otherwise, a very good episode. Yes. I'm glad that we got to see Bobby, introduction of Rufus, and the continuing of, well, fuck, they still don't have an answer. I know. Only one they episode did. left, too. I was like, that was an entire episode that they accomplished nothing. I know. They didn't get one step closer. And I was like, you just wasted a day. You just wasted, you know, it was a 20 uh, no. hours of driving. 20 hours of driving and uh. nothing. So there's one episode left in this season. One episode left. Okay. No rest for the wicked. And we didn't hear the song played once. So once again, Valerie is wrong with her. uh... (laughs) 
And that will conclude our season three. Wow. And the season three went by fast. <laughs> it did well. It helps it. <laughs> it helps it's only 16 episodes and not the usual 23, 24. So thank you everyone for tuning in to us this week. Don't forget to follow us, rate us anywhere you can on, uh, I think it's just Apple Podcasts and a handful of others, but you can uh, follow us anywhere. Um, give us a thumbs up. Uh, you can also follow us on sh- social media. We are at Salt and Burn This everywhere. Uh, we're on YouTube also. Yay! Some newer episodes coming up there. So we'll see you next week for No Rest for the Wicked. I keep wanting to put the ain't in front of there. <laughs> so you so can natural. play that as the, as the walk Neat. away. Bow, no bow, rest bow, for bow, the bow, wicked. Bow, bow. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks all. Bye. <laughs> Bye.